Welcome to the Five Week Linguist Show. If you want to learn a language or you teach a language, you've come to the right place. Join Janina each week for tips, resources, and advice for making engaging language learning happen anytime, anywhere. Welcome to the Five Week Linguist Show. This week, I wanted to talk about writing sub plans when you're a language teacher. And with this, I wanted to also address some independent language learners about some takeaways that you can get from these activities that you can use to learn languages when you don't have a teacher available. So, because there's definitely a connection. Um, if you're really lucky, you would get a, a, a teacher who speaks the language and, and maybe some of you have that, maybe you have that really consistently, but I, I don't think that most of us do, um, not anything we can count on. Hopefully we're not absent that, that often, but when we are, um, our sub plans are really tough to write. It's really tough to write sub plans when you're a language teacher, because you want them to keep learning. You don't, you don't want to waste that time, but you also, you know, they, they also need a lot of guidance, particularly when they're beginners. Also, these, these things also work for those days when we need to just have a little bit more downtime. Language teaching is on, you know, I always joke that I'm an edutainer, right? I'm always edutaining because to keep people interested in this really hard topic that can really bring up a lot of feelings of inadequacy for so many of us. You know, a lot of us, we experience language. It's something that we're not automatically good at and it takes a lot of effort and it doesn't feel that all the time that the effort, the, the reward is tangible enough in short enough amount of time for it to be something that's worth our while. It can be really hard and, but we still have to use that time to get them learning as much as we want them to. So essentially learning, creating activities where students can really learn on their own and be really productive. And this is, again, a takeaway for those independent language learners. So I have five pillars for subplans for language teachers. And essentially, I, I assume that they don't speak the target language. I encourage interaction in all of the activities. I show students the power of independent study. I make it practical and I make it easy. So some ways to do this. First of all, we're gonna talk a little bit about flashcards. And I think flashcards can get a bit of a bad rap because they're, they're very traditional. They work really well, flashcards. They really help for learning. Um, but some really specific ways to do this in a language classroom where we're essentially learning independently. You can do the traditional English on one side, target language or, or target language, native language. And the students learn a lot through writing that out, interacting with language. They can also do a picture on one side and the target language on the other. Now, what you can actually do with these, so so a portion of the class would be would be do, making these cards, right? Reviewing all of that learning, whatever you've left for them to, to learn, whatever set of vocabulary you want for them to learn. And again, independent, this works as well. And 
now you have something not only that you can study, but then that can become interactive. So quite simply with a partner, how do you say this? How do you say that? And you take turns going back and forth and quizzing each other um, on the flashcards that you did. It's a really simple and basic activity. Now, the next step of that is that you can take those same words and students can play concentration, right? Play memory. So you put them all on one side and they have to, they have to match the words. So you could combine the two sets and you've got duplicates or students have to simply be able to, you know, you can put all the cards, shuffle up all the cards and put them down and Students will have to pick up the word and, and be able to say what's on the other side. And you can make it an interactive game and they can get a point. You can combine those cards as well. So you've got duplicates just like you would for the kind of classic concentration where you have to know the matches on, on the other side. This is a little bit different than that because you've got words on both sides. But um, and, and, you know, matching up pairs of, of two sides that can get really, when you get a lot of words, that can get to be a lot. And a, a fun way to do that is to play just como se dice. And you take, both students take their, their flashcards and they put them all together and then they, they shuffle out. And then you would ask, como se dice, whatever's on your card. And the other student has to say it. Or you can say, do you have, right? So you can play it sort of go, go fish style. So you've got a pile of cards to draw from and you ask, how do you say, or do you have, and if they have the, they don't have the card, they tell you to go fish and you pick it up and you're putting down pairs. So essentially the, the bottom line is there, there's three different ways that you can use these flashcards that have one thing on one side and one thing on the other side. It can be just an interactive quiz where they're quizzing each other back and forth. It can be a game where you have to be able to know what's on the other side. It can be a game where you're having to find pairs, right? You have to put two sets of cards together like memory, but that can be long and drawn out and a bit frustrating, um, but effective. And you can play go fish with those card games. So it becomes an interactive card game. How do you say this? And that could easily be a whole class period that's done very, a very effective interaction where they're talking, they're, they're speaking and I would write up the, you know, the directions, put it in my Google drive, and then you can easily just share that anytime. And then this works great when you need a little bit of downtime and, um, the, the, these are things that just happen. It's a reality, um, for teachers. Sometimes we're, we're teaching when we're sick, we don't feel good. And we just, we have to keep the students active or they really need some kind of, um, activity like this to keep them going. And the same works for the pictures, right? You have to be able to say, put all the picture side up and the game is saying the, the target language word. It's a really simple way to learn, um, a really interactive and fun way to learn a set of vocabulary and it will take an entire class period and it will be productive and interactive and engaging. Drawings and journals. So one of my very favorite activities is drawing in the target language. I'm a terrible artist, by the way. So, you know, take that, take my, my, my drawings with a 
with whatever, they're terrible. Just know that. But it's really effective way to learn a language. So whatever your theme is, students can do drawings of all of, you know, a certain number of words of their new vocabulary. It's interactive. The, the point isn't the art. The point is understanding deeply what the word means and really interacting with the word. I really like to do scenes of this. So, for example, a nature scene or a hotel or a restaurant, whatever vocabulary we're doing. And the kids who are good at art are great at this. And you can draw the scene and label it. They can do this with people. It's a great way to journal to learn languages, too, in a really non-traditional way. Students can also do journals. They can do journal activities. So, so this one's a little bit harder to run when you're, when you're not there. But it's certainly doable if you, you think about how you want this to go. So students would take a journal page and they would take whatever the vocabulary is and they could do this on their own or with another student and they would write a conversation using a certain number of words of the vocabulary, whatever it is that you want them to do. In our beginning classes, our, our themes tend to be kind of the same, but they would write a conversation. It can be really interactive when you do this with a student. And essentially, then they can, they can memorize it. They can actually record it. Or another alternative is to just create a little, a, a small writing piece about it. So for example, a theme like my family, you know, you could pick five people and write a sentence about each one of them. That would be a really good beginning um, journal activity. And of course, then these can move into much more developed activities. So just like we talked about the conversation, that conversation can then become a dramatization or a role play or a skit or a simulation that is done. So the students are given a task, right? Write a, write a, 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 a dialogue, a simulation about complaining at a hotel, for example, that's a little bit more advanced than those beginners we're talking about, but you get the picture. It could be a restaurant, it could be school, it could be people meeting and greeting, and they have to write it out and then they have to, to memorize it and perform it for another group. So these are a little bit more difficult to do um, as sub plans for when they're beginners, but because they, they also need a lot of help. But once even they've had a few units, they can do a few of these very short dialogues. Maybe the, the task that you leave is for two people to write three six-line dia um, dialogues working together, or one person can write two on their own, something like that. However, however, whatever works in your class, or groups of three together writing three different situations, maybe someone's first day at school or someone talking about what they did over summer break, for example, and then they can perform it. And if you have access to computers, it's great because they can just, they can also record it. So essentially what you've asked them to do for this class period is take a task, whatever's relevant to your learning at the time, they're going to create a conversation, role play, dramatization, 
whatever that is two people or three people talking about that task and you're going to make it relevant to where they are. So they can do this as a review of the, some of the conversations you've had. Um, you can make a list of some of the things they should be able to do in the target language. So again, meeting and greeting, buying something at a store, talking on the telephone. You know, I would pick a few simple ones and let them pick a couple, depending on how long your class is. And then they're going to turn in those written conversations to you at the end, or they're going to perform them in some way. They're going to, they're going to memorize them. That tends to work well with the um, ones who are a little bit more at the novice level, because then they can really get into it and it takes them a while to really learn it um, and to be able to do it without a, a piece of paper. I hope you found these activities useful for creating your sub plans. I'm going to link a couple of resources for you for, for sub plans. Um, I like to have a, a, a template that I use and we'll be sharing some resources in the future on ready-made sub plans for you until next time. Thank you for listening to the five week linguist show with Janina Klimas. Join us each week here and visit us at reallifelanguage.com slash reallifelanguageblog for more resources for learning and teaching languages.